What's up everybody? Today's video is with Nate Alex. It was a really good chat. Um, I hope it gives you guys some perspective into somebody who's been around from before 2021, uh, has been through some of the ups and downs. He gives a lot of really good information regarding uh, kind of how to think and approach uh, not only like minting and projects, but creating, jumping into the space, and it's a lot of fun chatting with him. He's such a cool dude. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy the video. Like, subscribe, follow, comment, whatever. Whatever you do, I really appreciate and I love the support. I'll catch you guys on the next one. What's up everybody? Uh, Hunter here. Today we are joined with Nate Alex, who is quite possibly the definition of OG in the NFT space. Uh, he has been around since 2017 and has been involved with numerous projects. Uh, he wears the hat of many different uh, you know, positions such as creator, investor, collector. He currently works as a co-founder at NFT42 uh, alongside Jimmy. He is also very involved with a lot of the current projects that are you know, very large on OpenSea right now, such as vFriends, since that is a nameless uh, product, uh, which is under NFT42. Really excited to have him here today, get to know a lot more about him, what he's all about, uh, and what his journey has been like in the space. Uh, so, so happy to have you here, Nate. Uh, excited to jump into it. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me on here. Um, yeah, so <laughs> it's always fun to do this. <laughs> my first question for you is, you know, you're, you're like I said, you're an OG. What made you get into NFTs in the first place? And I know you've kind of probably touched on this before, but you know, I think that there's a spark that hits all of us when we make that like first mint, and we go from oh, this is interesting to like holy shit, like I'm gonna do this for the next like the rest of my life kind of thing. Like, what walk me through that experience for you? Yeah, so usually I say that it's sort of like the money and like all the articles and shit that kind of interested me and, and brought me in, but the way that you just said it, I, you know, I, I've never really touched on that angle and that is actually a big part of it. Um, so I guess like the, the too long didn't read, you know, thing would be, you know, I just saw some articles. I saw a way to make some extra money. I didn't really know anything about crypto. I mean, I, I had invested in Bitcoin and ether at, at the time, but I, like I saw NFTs as a way to maybe make a little extra money, but, um, Really, you know, I had that sort of oh shit moment whenever uh, it's so like back in 2018, CryptoKitties was like the only NFT. Nobody knew how to code Solidity. So you, you didn't really have, I mean, there were like hot potatoes and other sort of like shit tier NFT projects. Right. But, um, you know, I, I remember selling an NFT. Uh, it was one weekend I sold, I, I bred some cats and I, I hit some like kind of rareish ones or whatever. And I sold like one ether worth of them. Um, which at the time was almost a thousand dollars and it just it's like just this oh shit like this could like replace my income like right. I mean, you know, like it just became this sort of maybe there's something bigger here and maybe you know because because what started happening around that time too is uh, you know teams were forming and like people were strategizing the best they could to you know get the best edge they could I I had a friend at my old job and we would like we would play crypto kitties together sometimes and we would like send cats back and forth. And then it became for me more like international and like, um, you know, it's just, it's really crazy to see this sort of new economy 
Mert uh, like pop up. And, and in my mind, it, it felt a little bit like um, what I imagine early eBay sellers probably felt like people said, oh, that's stupid, dude. You can't like, why would they buy from you online? They just go to the store right. without really seeing the bigger picture. And the same thing, I think, with this digital economy, why are you buying digital art when you can buy it, you know, real art or whatever? And um, I, I just kind of saw a little bit beyond that. And I think that anybody who has ever sold an NFT probably feels kind of the same way, like, holy shit, this is the beginning of something big. Right. It's not like, and I, I always get into this with people when I talk about like eBay and like the other sell platforms where you don't have to go and buy a label. You don't have to like package it. There is no, it's like, if somebody buys it, it's done instantaneously over. There's no extra effort. Um, so yeah, I totally get where you're coming from there. Um, I guess within that journey though, like, did you ever have any doubts or like you were in it and you're like ready to go? Or like, did you sit back at one moment? And you're like, dude, I'm selling digital cats online what like or you like talk to your friends like the fuck is wrong with Nate like yeah I, I think that I went through you know because it, it didn't really click with it didn't resonate with real world friends and stuff very well and you know crypto in 2018 pretty much only went down like the whole fucking year like it was right. just you know it was a tough year and it made it even harder because like in my mind I coped by oh well one ether is still equal to a thousand dollars like that was mentally this thing that I had in my head right. which, wasn't true by the end of the year, but um, yeah, I think it resonated with people less and less as, as the, the further into that sort of bear market we got, um, you know, nobody was interested in crypto. So even less so of like trading cartoon cats and it just, um, there were definitely, you know, it tested, you know, my crypto faith there a little bit. And that's right. why, I, you know, I've been more cautious, I think, publicly than a lot of, say, some of the other NFT influencers who send the, you know, but forever. And, you know, maybe it will, but like, I, I uh, have been through it the other side. I know what it looks like when shit is, is tough. And I know that a lot of people who are in this space now, um, even some that I think are fairly popular in the space would probably be weeded out if it were to get really tough, um, you know, and you know, whether, you know, you, you have to make your own decisions in the space to determine whether you're going to hold this shit till it goes to a million in ether, or if you'll hold it, if it goes down to $500, like, you know, that, that's all, everybody needs to make their own decisions there. But um, I, I guess what I want, or what I, when I share that sort of like, my sort of takes on this stuff, I think that people should at least be aware that it is a possibility and you need to be prepared for sort of, that long you know that longer term playing if you have to i mean it, it obviously it recovered the way that i see i made quite a lot of money in in this you know turnaround and you know now in the real world people just think like oh shit you like real world friends just think it's insane they don't really still don't understand so it's still like this weird it's not it wasn't all just up only and zero risk and you know you know it's all flowers <laughs> and butterflies it, you know there's definitely some nights i'm sure you were like oh god like what have i gotten into and like yeah. stress and all that it was yeah it was a hard few years i mean you know we had there was a decent run in 2019 you know relative to the bottom where ether ran to like 350 dollars in the, in the summer and it felt like okay things are turning around and then it just went right back down to fucking hundred dollars again and it uh you know 
it's tough. It mentally was tough. It was exhausting. I was, was it like, did you have like emotional times? Like you just like, I don't know. I know I talked to some people and they're like, yeah, like I broke down. Like I got like sad and like depressed and like, are you just like mentally tough like that? I don't, I don't know. I'm just curious. No, I mean, it was tough. I, I would say really the only time that I really kind of got broken was uh, March 12, 2020 when man, it, shit just lost like 55 or 60% in a day. And like, I was gearing up to quit my job at the time. Um, my, you know, my real world job or whatever. And, you know, I had like some money saved away and I was, I was like, all right, I'm good. So I got some runway, not a shitload, but like enough. And then, you know, to lose 60% of my portfolio in a day, it was just, it was just soul crushing. Like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm about to take this big leap of faith. And I just lost half of my money in a day, <laughs> like, holy shit. And, you know, I'm glad I still went forward with it and, you know, jumped on the ship with Jim and, you know, I mean, I got really lucky really with timing on, on that. Like March 20th or March, 2020 is like the best time to probably jump in this space in terms right. of up only like, Holy shit. It's been insane since then. Right. Did, did you like when you were younger before 2017, were you like a tech person, like, you know, coding and like into technology or you just happen to wander into crypto? Yeah, I was, um, you know, I, I was an engineer before, um, so I had a little, I wasn't like a software engineer or anything like that, but I had a little bit of coding. What kind of engineer? Exposure. Um, it's controls engineer, controls. which is like uh, automation, um, but I did like electrical design and some project engineering stuff. Um, so it, it translated in the sense that like I was able to see a project from from start to finish. And, you know, we see a lot of like projects coming out now and people say, oh, that's the easiest million dollars because they just hire some fiber artists and like I uh you know I think that too a little bit but I also know how hard it is to actually really execute a project if it was so easy then all the people saying that would you know be doing it it. (laughs) yeah so but yeah I had some technical background um you know I mean I didn't I wasn't like an expert I mean I'm still not an expert coder by any means I'm like a fucking mad scientist experimenter if anything but um (laughs) yeah I uh, I think that I had probably a better background for it than maybe your average person would, but there's definitely people who would have a better background and be able to ease in, uh, you know, better than I I did. That's so cool. And now now you're at NFT42, which is like you know top tier. Like when you think when people think of the NFT space and like companies to work for, NFT42 is usually the first one that I hear out of a lot of people's mouths. Um, you know, there's nameless, uh, there, you guys have a bunch of different projects or products under that umbrella. Um, what do you, what do you do? Maybe you can explain a little bit more (laughs) what you do at, uh, NFT 42, because, you know, it's a little bit of a mystery to me, not going to (laughs) lie. It's a mystery to all of us. I mean, (laughs) so, you know, last year, um, really where I want to get with NFT 42, I'll, I'll preface it by saying this first, like I have like a where I'm trying to get there with us. And that that would be to be more on like experimental, like pushing the envelope forward and, you know, innovative ways. So like, we're seeing a whole shitload of projects now that are making some money. Um, and for us, like, man, I don't want to say like money isn't an issue, but, you know, we, we have some runway. We've got, you know, some, we have a, a war chest. So we're not like looking to, hey, let's do a quick hitter million dollar project or whatever. Like we, we've, um, but like, what I want to get to is like pushing the space forward again, which is something that we did 
really more behind the scenes, I think, because a lot of people who are in this space now weren't around when we started like on chain thing, pushing, uh, you know, royalties that were automatic, pushing um, licensing, which still hasn't really been realized. But there's like a whole a whole bunch of things that we're like, I hate the term thought leaders, but maybe like we've been trying to like get our ideas of, hey, this is what we think the space needs for the last three, after being here for a few years and seeing what's missing. Like these are things that we want to see. Right. Um, so that's where I'm trying to go right now. I'm sort of in a weird space where, um, you know, I did some development for the company last year. I did uh, like Avastar's replicant token. I did um, the infinite, the infinft platform and the coordination with those artists, the, the alpha launch stuff that we did in like April. Um, but we're like in, as far as like coding stuff, I, I'm not doing a whole lot of coding right now. I'm trying to figure out what we need to kind of, do to get back on this experimental like um because because in my opinion that's like a big it's just really important to the space like I, I don't think that you know pushing the same stuff out over and over and over again really gets anybody anywhere so right right you guys want to make that like you know technological leap introduce a new way of looking at a what an nft is i guess is what you're getting at yeah exactly yeah and, and so, so were you involved at all v friends so I was involved, um, yeah, with some of the like ideation in the beginning. Um, I wrote some contracts for it really early on, and we were trying to define like what the uh, what the nameless platform was going to look like. It was Infinity Tokens at the time, and we had right. like some contracts, and they were creating other contracts, and they had some, some pieces to them that we liked, and some pieces that we hated. Um, and what happened was during sort of like figuring out the project, we realized it was going to cost like $2 million at the gas level for Gary to like mint all his tokens. And I was just like, this is, this doesn't make sense. Like, I mean, really like think about it from Gary's perspective. He's not going to fucking pay somebody $2 million. Did you and tell him like, that? Yeah. What'd he say? <laughs> he actually was, uh, he was more receptive to it than I expected him to be. But, um, you know, really my takeaway from it, and this was, I think I had flown down to, Texas to meet up with Jim and some of the rest of the team. And, you know, I was just like, I don't see how this is really like sustainable for us going forward. Like you just, I can't expect too many people to say, Oh, 2 million, but, and just like take it on the chin. Right. Like we got to figure something else out. And that was, um, or Bart had really kind of taken over and he sort of shaped it into a way that was uh, a lot more feasible than kind of what I had had there. So um, I was involved in like early stages of that. And, um, maybe got phased out a little bit because uh maybe that's that sounds negative but it was more of a strategic like okay this is the direction we're going in and um and then you know gary he had his own guys doing front end stuff so um i didn't really need to do any any work on on that part of it right yeah i know that was there were some stressful uh posts from from gary's side of things <laughs> i know there were a lot of sleepless nights for like andy and and certainly on your side too, it sounds like so. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty hectic, I guess. You know, we wrap things up in, in a timely fashion and hit that you know five five date, which we didn't. And I think you know, and I've been around projects for so long and engineering projects that I've seen play out a bunch of times. And I've actually always been pretty good with hitting project deadlines, but with uh, like such a new technology, with just the kind of shit that you run into here is is 
it can be totally unexpected. And one thing that you can be like, all right, we're 99.9% .9 done. And that last one thing that you think is going to take 15 minutes takes three weeks or something. It's just stupid shit like that. You yeah. can never yeah. really predict. Yeah, that's yeah, crazy. That's Did you end up buying any V friends? Yeah, I bought uh, I bought one of the, I don't really know what to call them. I and I hate, well, hate is stronger, but I, uh, I don't like that. Um, it's not really spelled out too well on like uh, in the metadata, but um, there are like there are 100% unique one of ones. And then there's others that are called one of ones, like the spectaculars and shit. Right. But I bought one of the unique one of ones, which is one of the access tokens. But it was, uh, I waited until it hit the 10, 10 ether floor and just bought it because I kind of thought like what I see in NFTs a lot of times is the highest end stuff is what kind of goes the most parabolic like right. aliens and crypto punks or you know, gold apes it's it's usually like the the top like recognizable thing so uh, that's sort of what my play there was anyways yeah no i followed the same kind of path there i didn't think that way maybe hindsight is 2020 in this way but i did buy a spectacular and uh kind of same thought process there if you don't mind me asking which one you bought i'm curious it is uh, so I wanted to buy the chicken and it actually sold. And now the one that I have, I don't know why I'm having trouble remember which one it is right now. One second, holy shit! I, I don't only know spent probably forty grand on it. Yeah, it's only forty thousand. Uh, oh, it's, yeah, the, the the basset hound. It's the bubble hockey. Basset oh, hound. that's a great one. Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, I. I uh, because I had wanted the chicken and it was I think those were like the last two left and I was like I I'm gonna pull probably the trigger on the, on the chicken and then it sold and I was like well fuck now there's only one of these you know one of ones official one of ones or whatever you want to call them left so I, I went ahead and bought that one before it was sold um, I think the right play and this was my other strategy I just whiffed on it was really just to buy the cheapest ones sort of in the middle of the auction um, I've seen that play out in Dutch auctions a few times and usually in about the middle, late middle of the project is where they sort of bottom out right. and then it sort of accelerates into the end. So it's usually an easy markup. Um, and, you know, I mean, I, I don't know what the floor price on Gary V's to tokens are now, but I mean, 4 I would have four, 4.3. Oh my God. That's yeah, crazy. <laughs> Dude. I know. So like, I wanted really bad to like, all right, I'm going to buy, you know, 10 or 20 at the bottom, you know, floor price. And then I'll just sort of ride the wave up. But yeah, I, I haven't, I really haven't played this the last few months very well. I mean, I've not, um, not done so well. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's, so 10 Ethereum on the floor would be worth 80 right now. Fuck's sake. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And mine's, uh, I got it listed at 69 and, you know, no bites yet, but no um, bites yet. Yeah, there was a goo that sold on Monday or Sunday. I can't remember when for 70. I know. I saw that. And when it happened, I thought, what the fuck? Mine is a better deal than that. <laughs> it's not a goo, though. That's the big thing. It needs to be a goo. I know. I know. That's what we're seeing now. The goo is crazy. Oh, this space is, uh, you know, it's very unpredictable. There's, <laughs> speaking of that, like the, the bet. It was it was really more of a variable bet that me and Pranksy um, board uh, the dog the dog bet. <laughs> Did you see that one? No, I didn't see that one. You gotta you gotta fill me in on that. So on Twitter, I think Carlini had asked um, if the me bits floor would be higher than the dog floor, 
Oh. And I had came out and, you know, not like trying to like, I think I said something like, I think it's cool initiative. I just, I expect me to be higher and I'd be willing to bet on that. And then I even like tag pranked because we just have that sort of relationship. And, right. And I think I said something like bet like six figures or something like stupid flex. <laughs> and then he's like, he like retweeted it and said that he wanted to do it. And, you know, um, and then, you know, immediately I was underwater, like, uh, the dogs were running like 2x the price but it had a time frame on it so now i'm looking a little more stable but i also you know i talked to frank behind the scenes and i just think like either of us can manipulate the market to win on it so it's not really a fair bet like gentleman's bet i need to try to talk him into doing something embarrassing on twitter if he loses and and i'll do the same if i lose but I would enjoy that. I think a lot of people would enjoy <laughs> seeing either one of you do something very embarrassing on Twitter. I think it's a win-win for the whole community. Yeah, I think that this is the more positive. Yeah, I mean, because I, I had said that and it was sort of just like, spare the moment, like flex kind of thing. And, and right. while I think that my sort of analysis or prediction on that was will probably be true in the time frame that Carlini had mentioned, just because I, I think the market dynamics are tough when you have basically an airdrop of NFTs. Like, yeah, people are excited to have them, but some people are going to want, obviously, to, to take the free money. And uh, I just pictured a lot of people would see apes as being kind of the premier and then as being like secondary, like, ah, we don't really care that much about those. Um, right. And that's why I kind of expected the floor to have some competition on it, but. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of funny to hear you say like, because you're te- technically you're a whale, like in my eyes, like I look at you and like, you're like, oh, you can move the market like in certain directions. Like when you got started in the space, did you ever imagine like in your wildest dreams, you'd be where you are today? No, really. I, no, I didn't at all. I mean, it was when I, whenever I started in the space, pranked was already kind of a whale. Like he was, well, he was playing with like a hundred ether, I think at the time. And I had point two or you know, I think I'd built that to like one ether by the time I got on Discord and started talking to people. I, 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 my goal at the time was to get to 100 ether. And when I got there, then my goal was like a thousand. And that just seemed like an impossible goal. And Pranked and I, we sort of had like a behind the scenes race to a thousand ether, which, which I won. And <laughs> a lot of people don't know that. And it sucks. Just because, so we're clear, you won that. Like, yeah, I, I won that just in case anybody, you know, didn't hear that or, you know, yeah, <laughs> I mean, and now you know, Prince, he's a he's he's done way better than I have been the last like several months. Um, you know, he he just annihilated on Top Shot. Like, holy shit, he just crushed so good there. He just made excellent play after excellent play. He bought that ape when I was asleep. Like, one of my friends from the UK called me to say, "We should, dude, like, the ape got listed for three hundred. Like, wake up and buy it." And, and I, <laughs> But Prank bought it and he flipped it for five or 600, I think. So he, he just has had a lot of huge wins. And he's, um, you know, and on Twitter, he's been celebrated for that as well, too. So right. now I just now I just kind of am hiding in the shadow. But I, I'm going to I'm going to try to come back. We'll, we'll see. You'll be back. You'll be back and verified any <laughs> any day now. <laughs> just got to keep shooting, I guess. Yeah, you, you can't stop taking shots. Shooters win. You got to shoot your shot. Yeah. It, you um, know what? No, go ahead. It, it is true. Like I, I see like some people and, you know, I, I wanted to talk to you and you reached out to me because you're, you are probably among, you know, a handful of small, uh, 
of maybe, I hate to say smaller accounts, because I mean, you guys still got thousands of followers, but um, maybe accounts that I haven't known for years is maybe a better way of saying it. But like seeing people that like are interacting and people are starting to get to know and building up their own like, shit. I mean, that's like the same shit that we did a few years ago. So I expect all that to translate really for anybody who's still doing that. I mean, it it, it sounds cheesy and like, oh, you just got to hustle and shit. But like it, it really, you know, this, yeah, I mean, I had a hundred followers a month and a half ago. Like now yeah. it just, if you're active in the community, not spewing crap and like, I don't know, like I think back in 2015, when I was involved in the community as like a lurker and like, you know, trading and I, obviously I never thought we'd get to this kind of community. It was really easy to know, like everybody, like I knew, you know, people who from Brazil and I knew like what they were up to and what they liked, what they didn't like. And I could log on and instantly know like what everybody was up to. Now it just seems crowded and noisy. And like, I can't even imagine like for an OG like you, what it feels like to see all this craziness happening and being like, all right, well, who's that? It's like, seems like they have like good stuff going on, but I don't know who the hell they like, who the hell they are. Like, it, yeah, I mean, it really has become, and you know, there's so many projects that have spun off their own sort of successful arms that it, it really, you know, ha, has became a little bit more um, segregated. And, and I think uh, like back in, you know, in 2018, like literally if you were still around in 2018 or in 2019, you, you knew pretty much everybody in the NFT space. Um, whether they were like big players, small, you just knew everybody. It was like a small high school or something. And then now it just has gotten, you know, there's, I don't really know how many people I would estimate. I mean, I would still say we're probably only in the, maybe the five digits, like range of like active, active people, but there's sort of like the beginnings of this metaverse where people are spending a shitload of time on discord, just talking to their friends from all over the world. And that's like, you know, I think maybe the, maybe the pandemic tied into that a little bit, but it's, uh, it's quite a bit different. Um, and I, I like remember talking to everybody and every DM and now it just is hopeless. I, I see an infinite list and I wake up and I think, Oh shit, I just don't have the energy to try to, you know, you have other stuff going on. It's like, I can't, yeah, I I want to, I want to, I, I, so I've been seeing the thing, there's the, what the Twitter space is. I think that you've talked about it a little bit. Yeah. I don't even know what that is. Is that like a video, like a, like. So it's essentially like Clubhouse. I don't know if you're aware of what Clubhouse is, but it's Clubhouse, but on Twitter. So you don't have to leave the platform. You can minimize it. It's only voices. um, And it's it's just way better. Uh, And I think it's basically the community of anything is what makes a product. And spaces being natively on Twitter means that all the crypto people and all the NFT people just get a notification or they see something pop up and they hop in and instantaneously you could be just talking about polymorphs and all of a sudden beanies in there and G money and D's <laughs> and it, it just turns into a really just full of alpha. Um, cool. I'm really bullish on spaces being over the next two to five months, six months period, just being the place. If you want to learn NFTs, that's where you've got to go. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's, that was sort of, I think what I picked up as what it probably was, but I, I just hadn't dabbled in it or really dove in. And like, I, I am at risk of becoming a dinosaur if I don't like start participating in that kind of stuff. I, I've been starting to become a little bit more aware of like, holy shit. Like I, you know, you think that you've like, 
you know, built your portfolio up and built your reputation up, but like you have to continually go or whatever if you're, you know, going to stay saying that. <laughs> yeah, we got to we got to get you in a, a space at some place. point this week. Yeah, I uh, I don't even like how do you even, I don't even know how to do it. We'll have to talk about that after this. I, I I'm interested because um, I I wanted to be interested in Clubhouse. I just hated that it was like a different app that was on my phone. I just didn't like that about it. I just wish that I could just get on my computer, you know? Exactly. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, Spaces just clears it all up. And it was really cool to see because Jack and Jay-Z had a Spaces uh, on Sunday, I think. And that was like, it's cool because the way they list it is all your most relevant followers are at the top of the Spaces. And then you can see everybody else below that. And there must have been like, I don't know, 500 to 1,000 of the people in there were all like blue check mark verified. And the top on mine, when I was looking, there's like 30 and it was just all NFT, like <laughs> apes and like punks. It was just, it was like such a cool vibe to see like your avatars are the same. You get, you click and like see like what people are talking about. Um, so it's really cool. Yeah, we, we'll chat about it afterwards. Yeah, cool. Yeah, um, I mean, that's, uh, it's just crazy to me. Like there's, the space it just changes so fast if you're like stubborn as shit then i just think that you just will get left behind like i you have to be willing to learn and you know keep up and not get too comfortable i guess i mean and for me getting left behind would you know would suck but like i mean i, I would survive if that did happen i would figure another way to come back but like um it just isn't set in stone i guess the way that some people maybe would think right what do you think isn't changing in the space right now that needs to change? Um, so right now, I think that the incentives are kind of bad for like uh, projects. So, you know, we touched on a little bit, but right now um, there's really no need to innovate. I mean, I hate to say that as like somebody that wants to be creative and like kind of trial out some different things or whatever, but there's no need to because you're almost adding unnecessary risk right now to be innovative, which like exactly. goes against all of my like principles as like a builder in the space. But like, why, if you can just, if it works, don't, don't break it. Yeah. I mean, and that's, you know, that's, I don't think that's good necessarily for the space. It just is, you know, I mean, it is what it is right now. It's what we live in where we got sort of like this lottery machine and you can come up and, you can buy some lottery tickets from the newest NFT project. And if you get a rare, I mean, the EV is extremely high on a lot of those projects. If you don't totally whiff, I mean, even projects that perform terribly in the secondary market, um, you know, MeBits being one that comes to mind, the EV was still really high um, if you had sort of the pockets to play it. I mean, you know, you could sell fucking visitor for 400 ether that covers, you know, a whole shitload of roles. So I, I think, um, but that, that applies to pretty much any new project that has any kind of like aesthetic look that you think that will universally be kind of like, I mean, I think, but probably, I, I don't know. I didn't follow them too closely. Uh, like the pickles, they seem pretty simple to me. So I, I expect that those probably haven't done that well. I mean, I don't know, maybe they have, um, and but, they shot up to point from 0.01, they shot all the way up to 0.175 before reveal. Then they dipped all the way back <laughs> down to 0.015 after the reveal. And now they're up to 0.02. It's been a roller coaster for anybody that's in that space right now. Yeah. I mean, people, so a lot of people don't understand.
markets work, it's newer, especially newer people into this space. And they don't understand how, it, how little money it takes to really do that to a market. Like one guy can come in and push a project from 0.1 ether to, you know, push it up 500 or even a thousand percent by himself. Um, and at the same time, one guy with an enormous stash who just doesn't give a fuck about the floor can push it down 80 or 90%. Um, and there's luckily most of the, I guess, whales and bigger players in the space, they, they have a pretty good understanding of how markets do work and they don't tend to squish them that way. But you see the run-ups because it doesn't have to just be one person. It could be 50 people that are interested at buying and it just is a very illiquid market. It just, it can right. run extremely fast and, and then it turns in or it can turn into sort of a slow bleed off forever. How do you feel about though, like I'll say NFT influencers who do kind of, they might not buy up the floor, but they're like, they give that little nudge where they're like, Hey, I'm going to buy a couple on the floor. And you know, 24 hours later, the floor is two X, five X. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Again, it's just as illiquid you know, shit markets. It's just, right. it's the same thing. So a lot of people with trader, like uh, crypto Twitter traders, some of those guys that have like 100,000 followers, they, this was their playbook for years and people just thought they knew how to trade, but actually it was just literally them just pumping and dumping the markets because you, you focus 100,000 followers on some shitty illiquid coin even on Binance that's only doing you know five hundred thousand dollars in volume a day I mean pushing that shit up 40 or 50 percent off one tweet is off one tweet yeah is feasible and you know these guys they feel kind of casually and then they tweet about it with some oh it broke resistance bullshit and like <laughs> <laughs> so I mean there's a and nft influencers are basically discovering that power or u- utilizing that sort of power I think I- I've tried to stay away from that i mean i i uh you know i'm not perfect or whatever i did with like hash mask i was pretty excited about the project at the time i thought it was kind of unique that they had done like the yield emitting tokens because that was new um the reveal thing at the time was was new um so i mean i thought that it was kind of a cool project for that and um i i never really like i don't think i ever like publicly promoted it i just but I did share some like big sale tweets, which may have influenced some some people. Not really my Anything influences. It's you can't really yeah. hold a single tweet to something. It's some things you can, but uh, I'm more referring to the people that are like really, really oh, like, yeah, yeah. egregiously pumping their own bags kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think uh, you know, I would be if I was any of those kind of people, you gotta be wary with that shit. Like, even for me, I I try not to ever come out and say anything like uh, absolute or whatever. Like I would never come out and say, oh, you need to sell ETH here because this is definitely going to turn around. Like, or you need are to- you, are you in stable right now? I am largely in stables. Yeah. How does that I, I, feel right now? Shitty. Oh man, <laughs> so shitty. <laughs> I, uh, I, so I, I, I bought some of the dip at the high grids. I felt pretty good about like, okay, this, this feels pretty comfy. And then whenever it just looked weak as shit, I dumped in the low 1800s and it dropped to 1700. So I felt like, oh, good. I, I had a perfect read on this shit. I'm going to, I'm going to get filled again, 1500s. This would be great. It'd be nice. And then now nah, then just rocketed up. And now I just, 
it feels awful. It's just as bad as when you're holding it and it goes down. It's yeah. bad. <laughs> Except when you go to buy back, you have less and it feels even twice as shitty. Fuck yeah, it does. So I've uh, I've tried not to FOMO back in yet. And, um, you know, I mean, my I'm, I'm questioning my own thoughts on the market, questioning how, how mature it is and, and taking into consideration some, some uh, you know, sharper people that I know have been around for even longer than I have who like, uh, yeah, I mean, this, it's different this time. And I know that that's such a meme, but um, I don't know. I'm trying to, trying to get my, my best. Um, so you're saying that there's smarter people than you that are saying it's different this time that like, that was the bottom. It's up, like, it's up from here. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I religiously will say like, you have to make your own decisions. If you ever take somebody else's word and you do what they say, and then it goes against what they're saying, your conviction will be zero and you'll end up fucking up anyways. Like if you listen to me saying, Oh, I think it's going down and you sell and it goes up 20 bucks, you're going to be like, oh, fuck him. And you're FOMO back in, even if I'm right or wrong, you right. have to. So that's why I think for me, it's more about like convincing myself if I believe that they're correct or not. So I still think that I'm probably right. Um, and I have been right for, you know, over a month now at, at the longer time frame, but uh, I still feel shitty, like sitting out and watching it and worrying like, man, if this, oh man, like, <laughs> So I think that uh, if you're addicted to this market and if you're like just obsessed with it in the way that I am, it's going to be hard to ever look away and, and not feel sort of some regrets on this or that. Yeah, I'm like one foot in stable, like, you know, dipping my toe into stable and that's even painful right now for me. So I can't even <laughs> imagine what it feels like to be you. Yeah, I'm I'm in the, man, I'm in the, like the high 80s in stable. Like it's... Oh. It's painful, but, um, you know, my average is still a little bit high. I've averaged out higher than what the price is. So I could still technically buy back more than I ever had. I just, um, you know, for me also, I'm considering taxes and implications of what that'll look like in a year. And, uh, it's, that's another thing that it sucks. <laughs> just trying to you know get your head around all that stuff. Right. Yeah. It's way more complex than just buy, sell profit yeah i know i wish that it was that simple but no <laughs> um so i'm sorry to interrupt you about that i just had to ask because that was something that was on my mind uh <laughs> got to talk a little bit about the ethereum market i guess touching on the nft market um how, how do you feel about it? do you think we're in a bubble do you think i mean that's that's the discussion do you think like the relative hotness that we've seen around some of these projects like art blocks and um like board ape yacht club do you think that's justified I'm, what's your read on it all so i am uh, you know trying to wrap my head around that honestly i my expectation was that as the market performed poorly um that nfts would get squeezed and i that really hasn't played out this month i mean i have been you know because I've seen it before in, you know, in 2018, for example, 2019, as more and more people leave the space, they lose their conviction, they lose their money, they let their real world friends who told them they were wrong finally get to them or whatever. Um, then the interest just dries up, the liquidity dries up, uh, the undercutting wars begins. So I was, that was sort of my expectation here. But what we've been seeing is like, it's almost been acting independent. 
Um, I don't know. I guess I would still say uh, this. I hate I hate this. People who are like bullish NFTs to be like, oh, this fucking but like I would expect that if we went into a year long uh, bear market, crypto wide market, that NFTs in the long term would also get squeezed. But I think that projects that are important um, and, you know, I would consider anything that's significant now, art blocks and, and board apes, both of those would still be around through something like that. Even if they did get squeezed a little bit, I think any they're not one of the projects that I would consider that would go to zero. Right. Yeah, um, if we saw that squeeze, it'd be a good time to pop into those projects if you're on the sidelines watching right now. Yes, yeah, I, I think that's, I mean, cause we saw it, you know, Axie, uh, CryptoPunks, um, really those projects would have maybe a $3,000 volume like in a week sometimes right and shit was slow and it, it really looked like they were dead you know is from I mean they were objectively dead and they came back from the dead and they're doing millions of dollars a day in volume sometimes and million dollar sales even for singular assets um so I I expect that the upside on NFTs is tremendous, especially for the winners. Um, but yeah, if, if I think that it still is sort of related to the overall market. And the only one that I would say is maybe an exception would be maybe Top Shot, being that it's USD denominated. Maybe it has been removed far enough that mm. um, it could trade outside of the scope of the crypto markets. But I think right. anything that's denominated in ETH is... Um, it, it's counterintuitive. I think some people would think, oh, well, if ETH goes down by 50%, then this thing that was priced at two Ether is 50% off. So that's a great deal. But actually what tends to happen is you just get less market participants. You get people who are paper millionaires that say, oh shit, I need to take my profits now. And they try to squeeze what is uh, really um, in a liquid market with not a lot of buyers. So it, it can push the, the floor considerably. But, yeah, that makes sense. Um, what like what project are you looking at right now? Like, what's like on your radar? I'm curious. As a as a buyer. As a buyer, yeah, as a buyer. So um, my so right now I'm still still playing sort of the I, I guess bearish, more downside angle, and I have my eye on um, really autoglyphs is probably like the one that I want to scale back in big. I, I really, and I, I've said this, I think a few times and maybe I should be cautious about that because if I make other people bullish on and it's going to make me have to pay. I, I was more. about to say, like, be careful because <laughs> you're about to shill like either alpha here or your own bags and people are going to be like, Oh, he's chilling his own bags. Like, yeah, so, so I have zero autoglyphs um, for what it's worth. I sold, I sold one for 200,000 uh, a couple weeks ago. And I really didn't like that sale, but I was, was bearish ETH and, you know, it's consequently bearish NFTs. And my hope is that I can use that to buy a couple autoglyphs in the future. Like that's, that was like the goal of right. that trade. Um, I think, you know, as, as for any other projects, I'm really not, uh, really not buying much at the moment. I just haven't seen, I think, like the highest play, the highest EV plays are like new projects that have like a lot of attention and a lot of hype around them that haven't went up a tremendous amount already. Right. Um, and I, I've really just been trying to like experiment with some things behind closed doors. And I, I would like to launch a project. I don't know that I'll 
get to the finish line while people are still like spending money on anything. <laughs> right. Right. But, um, we'll, we'll see how that goes. So that's been really probably more my focus. I, I, I think that any project that is significant, especially, um, you know, I mean, there are a lot from this year that I wouldn't consider significant, but the ones that are, if they get squeezed in sort of a bear market, I probably will be a buyer in a bunch of them. I'll probably spread a little wider than I did. And in 2018, I didn't explore too much outside of CryptoKitties. And if, like literally if I had just put, you know, 50 Ether into CryptoPunks, then it would have been far more upside than what I captured through, you know, other NFTs. So yeah. I, I think, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll play the more shotgun approach then I think. I have more, you know, more, uh, I guess, money to play around with this round. So I'll try to capture some of those in, in the next big upside event hopefully <laughs> yeah that's that's cool to see your thought process there really cool um and i almost forgot shouldn't forget um you mentioned looking at starting another project possibly you've done two projects uh one is called chain faces and the other one is squiggly wtf uh both of which are like dope ass projects like really <laughs> cool uh what like what was it like doing because chain faces were your first one correct yeah what was it like diving into your first project like because a lot of people are on the sidelines now i want to do a project like i don't know what it takes walk me through the whole process of doing your first one so it really um it was just like i just was desperate to like push something out because i was like in love with the space and i was obsessed with it and i just couldn't um I just had to like do something. So with chain faces, I had like this simple concept, which was kind of inspired by an equally, or well, even more simple. So there were two projects that came out in, I think they were both December of 2019. And one was, it was math token, which is just, you know, uh, <laughs> it's literally just numbers and you would add them together. And the, what they added to is, would be the next NFT that you get. And it was just a number. It was like really simple. and there was uh, like a dividends method. So if you use somebody else's number, then the dividend from that number. Oh. So it was like, but it was like really cheap. I think they were like zero, zero, two ether. Like this, cause no, there was no interest in NFTs at the time. So that was right. like, nobody was even spending, like chain faces even were a dollar each. Like that was like, so that was like, a, and at the time when it made a hundred ether, that was a significant amount of ether for a project to make. Now it's jack shit, but. Um, I got inspired by those simple projects. It was, it was math. And then it was word where you could like, uh, concatenate words together and concatenate letters together. And it had that same sort of, uh, dividend model that math had used. So then I, I got inspired to do a simple project, which was chain faces. Um, and I, I was, we were already talking behind the scenes about like the on-chain movement. And that was like kind of what inspired like the on-chain design of it, that the on-chain ASCII and the the metadata being on-chain with like the background color and the text color. Um, and it was really just like for me to like launch something. I, I tried to put some thought into uh, one of the things that I'd always liked about NFTs or, or what, I, what I could appreciate about NFTs is if I could look at them and immediately tell if they were good or not just by the visuals. I didn't actually need to dig into the properties on OpenSea to see if they were good or not. It's like right, with CryptoPunk, right. you see an, uh, you know, an ape, then you know, oh shit, that's that's rare, that's good. Right. Like so, with chain faces, I did it by scaling 
depending on what the golf score was, which is like an aggregate score of how rare each of the face pieces were, the text would scale from black to teal. And then the background color was uh, dependent on the bare percentage and it would scale from, um, I guess, white to like a dark brown. So like a dark okay. brown would be super rare, bare percentage and a teal would be a super low and therefore good and rare golf score. And so that, that was, was like, based off the hash. Yeah, it was based off uh, the face that was generated. So okay, it, it tied in directly to that. And I, I think that maybe it's a little still too simplified. I think people like to have like, a, you know, more resolution. So, um, you know, CryptoPunks um, resolution, not necessarily pixels, but in terms of design resolution, uh, you know, board apes, I, I don't know the market very well, but I assume that there are uh, traits that stand out to people that are more valuable just because they know oh, they recognize it as being rare, but also the aesthetic of it is good. Right. Um, and yeah, with chain faces, it was just really about like in a project and like trying to do something in the space. I think that Squiggly was a lot better of a project, um, but again, it launched to you know a small community of maybe like three hundred, which was still more than enough demand for it to instantly sell out as fast as it could kind of thing um right. but i i wish that i had had something ready for like shit that's been going on like because i would like to i mean it's just insane how many people are in this space now and, and how you know people how many people are excited about it and i think it would just be cool to, to bring something new to the table i would try i feel pretty confident that i could do because you know nobody uh I feel like the majority of projects coming out right now are just uh, kind of the same thing or, or they're, yeah, they're, yeah, they're generative, but they're like, okay, we've seen that. Like, let's, let's see somebody tie it into some DeFi or let's see some fucking, I, I don't know, something cool. So it's not, yeah. That's not like copy paste, just change the art kind of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I get that that's like the format that people see that works and there's not a lot of, I, from what I can tell, I haven't seen a lot of really like strong um, coders that are launching NFT projects. Uh, I feel did like you, for your projects, did you code them all yourself or did you yeah. have help? No, I did them all solo, um, which is for better or worse, like Chain Faces had uh, some bugs in the contract that I think are kind of part of the history now. But, um, and you know, and I'm not a great, I'm not a very good like front end developer. So none of the websites are nice and, you know, good looking, which you need, I think, to like appeal to maybe the more casual person. But right. um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, 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 I've actually developed probably three or four other projects in the background and just have like thrown them in the trash. Cause I just, I can't bring myself to like launch something that I personally don't think is like kind of neat in some aspect even if it's simple like I, I don't know I just want it to have some something that makes it distinct special or stands out or you can say hey this is different yeah exactly whether people hate it or think it's you know ugly I think I've heard people say like I've heard that about um you know like oh chain is too simple it's stupid or whatever but like yeah yeah but at least it's different you know yeah exactly <laughs> I know I totally get it man totally get it and because I know somebody's gonna like, I know somebody's gonna DM me after listening to this, be like, why didn't you ask? Like, 
learning solidity what was that like for you did you go do the zombie course does it you just watch youtube videos like what would i'm curious myself as well as knowing others will be curious yeah i think um so i did the i did do the zombie tutorial um <laughs> and you know to be honest it, it uh it felt like i kind of knew what i was doing and then whenever i tried to apply it i had no fucking clue what i was doing yeah so like stack like if like stack overflow need to figure this out like i read it i know what i'm doing but i don't know anything yeah exactly yeah i just was fucking lost and really the way that i kind of learned was from reading contracts that were on mainnet and um trying to just understand like what the functions did so you know if you go to let's just say like the mint function on on ether scan and, and is a write function and you can see okay it needs a seed and then it's got this amount where you put the amount of ether that you're paying then you can go into the contract you can look at the mint function and see what the seed does so i i had to like dissect them through the write and read functions which you could publicly see right just from engineering almost exactly and i just i built it up that way and it it was for a while it took me you know doing that and sort of like okay, this, this is an idea that I have and this contract does a similar to that. So I'll kind of borrow that and I'll change it to do what I want to do. Um, I mean, now I don't really have to do that, but that was kind of how it started for me is uh, really just reverse engineering and reusing pieces that I, I knew um, I needed. Um, I mean, there's a lot of standard stuff in an ERC-721 contract that's really like boilerplate shit that you just you can get the whole library from like open Zeppelin. So right. a, an NFT contract can literally be, if it's simple, like some of the shit that's launching now, the part that is custom is probably like fucking 50 lines or something. If mm -hmm. even that, I mean, so they can be really simple. Um, if you choose to go that route, the, the stuff that I've written is more customized and stuff. So it's not, quite that simple but I, I still do you know obviously borrow the 721 simplest stuff right makes sense and now is nft42 doing anything like super innovative in your eyes right now or is that like you can't tell me <laughs> so yeah i don't know how much uh information i can really share about nameless and the direction we're going there um i mean all i can say is that it's looking a little bit less like maybe a minting platform than what it was it's going to be different than these other ones we've sort of decided that by other ones you mean like rareable open sea gotcha. um, i mean but yeah the only edge that we really had was sort of this on-chain sort of mantra that we helped pioneer or whatever and you know some people care about that some people don't um but we're we're taking sort of a different direction and we're trying to differentiate it in a way that it won't feel like the other minting platforms hopefully by the time we get get it launched gotcha. and pushed out um so we, we've delayed on that a few times as we keep sort of like we'll launch something we did nft boxes and then we did you know gary b's project we did the joy toy and all of those are like different like we haven't been able to really reuse much to just Oh, this is our idea this is the feedback we got from that okay let's do this now okay this is that feedback and it's in this iterative process to where we're just trying to figure out rather than just push out a mentor that allows people to make NFTs, we're like really trying to figure out how do we make NFTs like 
good that people actually will be like, this, this has some longevity. We, we want probably to be sort of the ones that even other marketplaces are like, oh shit, we're, we're going to use their solution because it's better than ours and we don't need to you know, build our own anymore. Right, right. How does it feel like watching like other platforms and like other, I don't know if collective's the right name, but like companies like Manifold pop up and like, obviously you guys are going to be competing. There's other ones that are slowly popping up um, that, that I've seen on Twitter that obviously don't have as big of a knowledge of, you know, commu- the community doesn't know about them yet. Mm-hmm. Um, like, how do you think you're going to fare as more and more minting platforms and NFT companies pop up? We're, uh, you know, said, you know, we'll just have to keep pushing. Like we, we have definitely not won you know, anything for sure. I think that we have probably maybe one of the biggest presences um, as far as like Jim and, and myself, you know, we're not the most famous people in the NFT space. We're, I'd say probably Pranked is probably most famous like native NFT guy, but we're uh, at least in, you know, the upper, yeah, whatever level of that or whatever. Right. Most people tend to know who we are. So I think you know, we, we've done a shitload of networking. We know pretty much all the top artists. We know all the, well, top by volume artists, I guess that's shape. Nifty Gateway is, has done a tremendous job on like getting some uh, people in the real world. <laughs> One day I'll figure out the right verbiage for that. They, you know, they, they've done- <laughs> I've heard normies, on. real world people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't really know what the right naming is. But, but yeah, I think- um, I would say that it is a big edge though for us that we do have sort of NFT expertise that a lot of people, if they're coming in and they're new to the space, if they're pretending, they don't have it. You know, I just, it's just, you can't really, you can't come in here for fucking two months and be like, I know everything there is to know about NFTs. I'm going to build the best shit. Like your engineers could be better. Maybe your funding is better. Maybe your design is better, but like we do have at least that on our side. And the other piece I think is um, you alluded to community being important in, in network. And I think that we're winning the race in that, maybe not winning, but we're one of the front runners in, in at least that category. So we just, we, ha- we have some catching up to do. We definitely need to push out a good pro- uh, product to like get people excited about it. And, but we, we feel pretty confident that we can, can get there even with our sort of longer term uh, slower turtle approach or whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah, the turtle. I even tweeted that last night. I was like, <laughs> I was, I posted something like late night NFT thoughts, and I was like, look, like, there's so much time. Like, people are rushing stuff out, and there's like years ahead of us. You don't need to just throw it out there and be like, all right, this is it, and like, oh crap, we got it wrong. Like, take your time, think it through, like, do it, do it right the first time, kind of, kind of mentality. Yeah, definitely. There's. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's like people see the money and this happened in, in 2018 as well. And in 2017, people rushed out fast ass white papers and they just raised money off the backs of it. And then, you know, after a few years of like tough market times, people quit giving a shit and they basically just got to like soft exit scan those funds. And like <laughs> we're uh, um, and, you know, so now I think people they really fast and they try to raise some money on it and then you know whether they succeed or not or where they give a shit in six months 
especially if things get a little tough. Like we're NFT 42 is not going to fold in six months if things get tough. Like we don't give a shit if ETH, I mean, it would suck if ETH goes down to $500 or something, but like, we're not going to be out of business. We're not going to be like, oh, fuck, our money grab time is over. Like, we'll just keep building and we'll, we'll still right. be around whenever times are good again. So, you know, I, I think we have some advantages from that. We just, but yeah. yeah we, all, we almost need that though. Like, and I'm sure I'm going to get crucified for saying this, but <laughs> a, a downturn in the market could almost be good for i guess technological development because right now we're all like oh we're making money like things are happening there's money to be made and i don't see like there is some but like i don't see people just head down like we're working we're working like screw the price like we're doesn't matter if we're down or up like we're just focused on building right now yeah i mean it's there's a lot of distractions in this space i mean and and that's you know i mean it's great for people to make money don't get me wrong i think and one of the reasons uh, that I think that like the apes community is, is going to be still around in a few years is because honestly, because a bunch of them made a bunch of money. Like that's, that's actually great because those are the people who have the money to sort of play around and learn and become full timers and become, you know, sort of the next foundation of this whole thing. Like NFTs, you know, right now it feels like 2021 is like, Oh, is it noobs or whatever? But like, this shit is going to be around for fucking ever. So in the grand scheme of things, this is really early, you know, like, so I, I still think that you know, maybe it's five years or 10 years from now that people look back and think, damn, you've been around since 2021. Like what a fucking legend. Like maybe, I can't all, the, wait for that. Yeah, maybe all the dinosaurs in 2017 have lost, become bitter old fuckers or whatever. But like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man um well nate we've been going on for about an hour now i usually like to wrap up these like kind of like community spotlight interview ish talks with five questions which i call the fungible five just because i like to make shit with the same letter um <laughs> i'll ask you the five questions and hopefully we get some good alpha from you in these uh number one what is your favorite project in the space recently my favorite project in the space recently. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Art Blocks. I I don't know if that counts as recently, but I think that it is um, just a tremendously like important project. I think it's cool as shit that like Snowfro, who's like OG collector, like everybody loves him, and like I think it's cool that that's like his project. And I just think um, while you know, there's a lot of hype around it. And some of the projects I feel like maybe are a little overvalued due to liquidity issues and due to like what? Mm, well, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think, well, relative inside of uh, the art blocks though, I think okay. that some of the projects are, are pumped up a little bit, you know, because of liquidity issues. But I just think that it's just a, such a really important project. Like you can come as a creator, you can launch your own project. Like, I think that it's a little inflated because it doesn't seem super sustainable. But uh, Eric, he's been doing like a good job of like trying to like say, okay, these are the curated ones. These are like the free for ones. These are the ones that we're like really. So, you know, he's he's figuring it out and doing a really good job with that. I, I think that it's probably one of the most 
um, at least on ETH, more important projects. I, I love Top Shot too a lot, actually. I know that won't be a popular answer, um, but I, I think in terms of how many new eyes they brought to the space, um, it really VFriends did it as well, which I think that that is super important rather than just having the same like DGENs, like pass the ball back and forth. And shit. Yeah, no, I totally get that. <laughs> I, that's not what I would do. Like if I launched a project, it would appeal to the fucking DGENs and like people who are deep in this space. I wouldn't be that person that brought in. So it's maybe a little ironic that I highlight them. Um, but yeah, I, I just think that that's really important. All right. Well, I'm happy to hear that, but at the same time, sad as somebody who wants to buy a ringer right now. That that was painful uh, to hear that word come out yeah. of your mouth. I you know I love. Uh, I think ringers are great. I love uh, Fidenza or Fidenza, however you pronounce it. I think that those are so fucking cool looking. And I don't know why I didn't buy them up. I just wasn't in buyer's mode. Like if you're bearish ETH, it's hard to buy something because you just, even if you're right on the ETH price, or if you're right that it goes in in ETH terms, if ETH is going down, then, you know, so it it was kind of a a tough, and then that, that is, you know, that is like a super hot market, which I think that that may be one of the one that's a little inflated now as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I love the projects. I think that they'll be around forever. So, you know, that's worth something, but short yeah. term. Yeah, totally get it. Um, number two, what is the last item you added to your wallet? You might have to look it up or maybe you know off the top of your head. The last item that I purchased would have been... So I have uh, kind of a public wallet that I have with like a team where we buy like random junk. <laughs> so it's hard to say what the last thing that we bought there. I didn't personally pull the trigger on it, but I had some money and something that bought something, let's say. Um, the last thing that I like personally bought, it's probably been, so I got my wallet here. I The last big thing that I purchased was... Uh, the V friend, the, the tanker V friend. Oh wow! So you've been like just ch- like really been, chilling for a while now. I've been pretty dormant. Um, you know, I just I tried to I tried to bid on that uh, class seven autoglyph um, at the Sotheby's one, um, but it was like fifty thousand dollars in fees on a hundred and fifty thousand dollar bid. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, like, and then up? you're like, why? Why are we paying these fees? Why can't it be like you know two percent like OpenSea? Yeah. It's outrageous. It shows you how like good we have it, kind of like really. Why fifty thousand dollar handling fee? Are you fucking kidding me? Like, so I, um, but that was really, yeah. It's like I said, it's hard if you're. I think that I'll need to be sort of reconvinced that things, the good times, are going to resume. Um, although I, I have been starting to think like, be at least participating in the NFT action because. It has been, it's been hot. Like there's a, there's a lot of action going on there, regardless of what ETH is doing. So missing some opportunity, but. Oh, hopefully you get back (laughs) in and then something soon. So I can see you tweet and then hopefully it's (laughs) positive and not like, (laughs) like. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I've been the fucking salty, like OG, like I, I, uh, I don't know. I, I'll, yeah i don't know it's not a good you, you don't want to stay like that for too long i think but um yeah 
still am just waiting for that right one. You know, I, I think I'll know when there's a winner. I, I'll be ready. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to watch your wallet then if that's, if that's the case. <laughs> um, number three, who is a must follow on Twitter for the NFT space right now? Must maybe follow. one that like, obviously we've talked a lot about Pranksy, um, but like maybe one that you don't think gets enough love right now. Oh, let's see, man. I was, so I've been trying to compile a list actually. Um, and I, I might just have to share that or when I tweet that I, I might just have to do it then I think because, okay. and actually it was really kind of focused on this people who were in maybe let's say the thousand to like 5,000 follower range that I feel like are, are tweeting a lot of good things and are saying a lot of good things. And like, um, so I, I wanted to like tag them and highlight them. I don't have a, I don't want to highlight one of them maybe specifically here. I, I mean, there, there are, there's a lot of good, like up and coming talent. I, I don't know if that's the right word for it, but um, people I think who seem to understand the space really well uh, and are under highlighted for sure. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I'll respect that answer. Um, number four, <laughs> biggest lesson you learned in NFT space or wish you knew when you started? Oh, let's see. Um, that is such a that is such a good question. Like I, I, I mean, I've learned so many things from this space, and um, it's hard to condense it all the way down. So I'll I'll try. I guess I, I would say that. Uh, oh man, there's just so many things. <laughs> <laughs> um you know i you rattle like one or two off or like just like hey okay, this yeah. is okay yeah i mean when when things are hot i i will say that when when a project is hot uh things can explode a lot more than you would ever expect them to like i i remember when punks were um you know sub you know 0.5 ether i remember them going to two ether and thinking like holy shit this is this is insane this is done like i dumped all of them and then they went down and then they rocketed back to like five ether. And I thought this is not sustainable. And then they went to 20. So it's very, very hard uh, to predict the upside of an NFT. Right. You really have to measure like the room temperature and, you know, generally, I mean, they work like other markets. You get to this sort of euphoric stage where people just assume that they will just go up forever. And that just is, is not true. I mean, you get to a point where people no longer are listing at all, and that's really affecting sort of how thin the market is. And then you have some late FOMOers that push the price up, you know, 100% or 200% maybe accidentally or because there's just no liquidity and, and FOMO is taking the best of them. So, um, yeah, I mean, I would say that the upside is is – it's impossible to predict. I guess that maybe that's like not very good alpha, but that is a um, kind of the thing. It's really hard to sort of. It's very easy to underestimate what the upside potential of, of uh, a project is. I remember thinking zombies at fifty ether was like, wow, this is fucking insane. They're never going higher than that. Like, and then they're now they're like five hundred ether and. You know, and I sold one at the 32 range. Ooh. Idiot. But <laughs> they, uh, you know, it's, I think that AA, like AAA tier NFTs 
they can just be tremendously valuable. And that's why I'm, I'm really kind of bullish on autoglyphs. I think they are that elite tier. And yes, they're extremely expensive. Even, even the cheapest ones now are extremely expensive. Um, but I think that they have like just that sort of like uh, art appeal, aesthetic or whatever. That right. could be like high-end art, like a million dollar glyphs or something. I mean, I hate to throw that number out. It sounds insane, but if it gets there, I won't be insane. I won't be uh, too surprised. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, oh, go ahead. Sorry about that. Yeah. I mean, I think it just, uh, I guess if I condense it down, like the, the thing that I've learned is just that it's, it's extremely unpredictable. Like the, the volatility, it just, the best way to sort of kind of get a grasp around it is try to understand sort of the psychology of whatever like the crowd psychology behind it like um in terms of like price uh estimations or whatever um oh you know what no i got another good this is actually fucking really good and i, I wish i thought of this one of the <laughs> one of the most important things i think that happened for me whenever especially when times got really tough is i had like a group of friends that loved nfts that I stayed in touch with and I talked to, and I still talk to pretty much daily. Um, and I, I just think because your real world network probably still doesn't understand NFTs and doesn't get NFTs. And if shit like gets tough, you're probably going to give up. So it's good to have like form that basis and have like those friends who like understand and who are gonna be here through this shit suffering with you if you right. do having to suffer. Yeah. No, that's probably one of the best pieces of advice I've heard in the last two months. Like, especially, especially with like a downturn in the market, like being able to just talk to somebody who's one, either been through it or two, going through the same shit and can relate to it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, number five was when did you get into the space uh, and how? We already answered that. I think that's a horrible question now that I'm looking at it. Um, <laughs> Seems like a weird closer question. Yeah, I know. I don't know why I wrote that down. And like, I've done that for like the last two interviews and I'm like looking at them. I'm like, you dumbass. Like what, why, who closes an interview with like, how did you get in this? Like, it's usually the first question you should ask. Um, yeah, I have to rethink that. that that's a horrible question. Uh, I guess, I guess my final question for you then would just kind of be like, as somebody who's been around for four years, you, you're obviously very attuned to what the market's doing. Um, you know, where do you think NFTs are going to be in like three to five years? And what does that look like? Not only because I know ticketing such an easy, like low hanging fruit to address, but where do you think like, you know, we see it as like title insurance or do we see it as like a way to like buy cars? I'm just curious where your mind goes when, when you think that in that term. Yeah, I think, um, I don't know if three to five years is short enough. I expect a lot of like the low hanging fruit to get picked in the next three to five years. I don't know if like car titles or, or like, I don't know if, if car notes or like your, your deed to your house will be on that. Um, I expect probably not. That's probably still maybe a few more years out, but agreed. I, I think within th three to five years, we we're further now than I expected we would be. Um, I did an inter interview with Andrew on Zima Red in like March, I think. And I talked about then how I thought we were about 
where maybe Bitcoin was at the end of 2017 in terms of like people that know what NFTs are. Like my, my neighbors know what NFTs are now. They know like what I do and shit and they, they know what it means kind of thing. And they've heard of people. And so I think that we're getting some mainstream appeal. I expect that in three to five years, it will be everybody in the world knows what NFTs are. Um, in the same way now, every person in the world knows what Bitcoin is. Right. Um, there's still, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I Like I said, I expect low-hanging fruit to get picked. I expect some real-world use cases to emerge, um, some real, like, big tech winners to start emerging. And, you know, you've seen it a little bit with, like, Dapper Labs. and They're doing some enormous raises. They're big dog company. OpenSea is large. Um, Hopefully we, NFT42, can be like one of those big dog companies in five years that people in the real world know what it is or whatever. Um, so yeah, I mean, I expect a lot of maturity in the next uh, few years. It'll still be like a fun space and I there'll probably be like these crazy like shit <laughs> hot potato projects that pop up from time right. to time. But I, I think that that will phase out a little more. You know, people are learning right now, learning how markets work and they're dabbling in these sort of these up only environments um eventually you know these developers especially the anonymous ones if they come in and they just extract and they don't you know recycle they will eventually drain sort of that loose money so people will have to be more focused on maybe groundbreaking projects yeah that makes total sense that's a good take on it um a lot of people that I've asked that question to have given me some like pure hopium. And I think that's a very realistic take on what it'll look like. Um, well, dude, thank you so much for hopping on and giving me uh, 70 or 80 minutes of your time. I know you are a super busy guy and it was just awesome to get to know more about you, what your journeys look like and you know your thought process on uh, NFTs and crypto as a whole. Uh, so hopefully we'll, we'll get you back on another show in the future to, you know, review some of your takes and, uh, (laughs) see what you're up to in like a year. And certainly I'll stay in touch with you, uh, along that journey. Cool. Yeah. And thanks for having me on. It was was fun. Awesome. Uh, everybody, thank you for listening today. This was Nate Alex. Uh, give him a follow on Twitter. I believe your Twitter is just at Nate Alex, correct? Uh, Nate Alex NFT. NFT. There you go. Uh, Until next time, I will see you then.